everyone, welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm Jim, sitting in this war room is Denver Dave, and we're here to talk about the NFL. Hey Dave, how's it going? Not bad, not bad. I'm, I'm surviving. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, well, there's a, there's a hole in the room, and that is that Punk Raider is not here with us today. He had his COVID injection <laughs> a couple of days ago, I mean, but is, uh, is feeling the effects of it. It's a bit surprising for me, actually, because I thought we'd have had this months ago. Well, because he's old. Yeah. Oh, you said that, not me. <laughs> it's when you said there's a hole in the room, I said, no, there isn't. Not this week. <laughs> well, I've not had my jab yet. I've, I've purposely been putting it off. Not because, you know, I'm a denier or anything like that. It's just everyone's getting ill from it. And mm. uh, yeah, if you've apparently contracted it and you're under the age of 50, it's going to kick your ass for a second time. And I, I can wait for that. You know, I'm not I'm not in a hurry for that. It again. kicked your ass once, didn't it? Somewhat, yeah. Oh, mate, it was awful. So, uh, yeah, I'm avoiding the draft at the moment. I'm like Muhammad Ali, just avoiding that call up. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> oh, the similarities end. Yeah, there's an old old uh, callback there. Yeah, I'm too young and virile to have been offered the, uh, the injection so far. But, you know. <laughs> you're older than me. <laughs> Am I? You keep saying that, you but are. I don't believe you. That's true. <laughs> anyone with anyone blessed with the gift of sight can be tested. <laughs> that. Hmm. We'll leave that where it is. Um, but yeah, when I get the invitation, I'll go and get it done. But thankfully, it's not happening for us before draft night, so I get to enjoy that. Yeah. Draft night is so close, Dave. It's so close. I can touch it. I can taste it. I can smell it. I'm, I'm a bit contrived about it. So basically, we're going. I was away on holiday last week. We were down at the seaside in Cornwall, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, despite Cornwall being full of druids, um, we're actually going to the seaside again this weekend. Um, but we leave in early on Friday morning, which means I can't stay up and watch the draft because I've got to drive for four hours or so. Heresy. So I've got to wake up on got to wake up on Friday morning. Um, go onto my SkyGo, download it onto my tablet. And, th- and this is all without seeing any notifications on my phone or anything and watch it whilst driving. Not watch it whilst driving, but listen to it whilst driving, obviously. Um, and then hope not to crash as we uh, trade up to number four to pick a court, to pick, probably pick a Mac Jones or something like yep. that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I've got to do all of that without seeing any notifications and no spoilers. So I will be muting all of WhatsApp. So sorry, everyone, if I don't get back to you. You're probably not going to hear from me for quite some time. Well, I'll be but, tweeting uh, yeah, every so single pick of the draft on Twitter. So keep an eye out for that. <laughs> uh, I'll be muting Twitter as well then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no. This, this, unfortunately, this time I've got to give it a miss. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'll be watching in the next morning though, so I'll only be like sort of five hours behind. Mm. But of course, the draft goes over three days, Dave. It's not just week. Yes. It's not just uh, night well, one on Thursday. No, no, no. But night one on Thursday is I'm not going to be able to watch any of it because again, we're away at the seaside and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Um, the only one I'm going to be able to watch is probably rounds four and five because I think they sort of four, five, six, and seven because they start at like five in the afternoon. They start uh, earlier, yeah. So, yeah, it's not much earlier. So I'll be able to watch those ones. But even night two, I won't be able to watch. It's the same story on that one, I'm afraid. Well, we'll be keeping up to it on Twitter. And obviously, once the draft's all over, myself, Dave, and Punk Raider, maybe even Philly Sly, you never know, we'll be able to get together and uh, and discuss the fallout of all of the terrible picks that have been made. We'll see what happens. We'll see what we can get together uh, to break that down. I mean, without going into it too early, because I know we're going to be talking draft later on, no one should really do badly in this draft. There's so much talent. And as as, as I said last week, right? Well, no, as I said last week, 
this the second round talent that's available this year is better than the second round talent I can remember for a long time. Mm. You know, it, the, the guys you can get in the second round a lot of years previous, they would have gone in round one. There's some real, real talent. So you, in effect, you shouldn't flunk in round one. You shouldn't because there's too much talent. You should not flunk in round one. You should be able to pick up someone who's very good. Unless you're picking up Mac Jones at three, for example. <laughs> but we'll gloss over that. But you shouldn't be. There's far too much talent for you to be picking up anyone bad. I mean, there are easily 32 players in this draft who are first round picks easily. There's probably 40, 50 right. players who could be classed as first round picks. A first round, but your first pick wants to be a special player. I'm not sure there's 32 no. special players. No, no, no. I dis- I disagree. I think there's 15 special players every season. 15 yeah. properly special players. Mm-hmm. There's never been 32 special players. Never been 32. Um, some years there weren't five. The year Eric Fisher, uh, was it, what year was it? <laughs> Eric Fisher went number one overall. That was the worst draft ever. That was awful. I would have gone in the third round. So there's there's normally only about 15 special players, you would call it. Some of them even going in going like round three, like Eddie Jackson, for example. Mm-hmm. But... This year, I think, again, there's only sort of 15 players or so, but the guys who are after that have a much higher, uh, are of a much higher standard. So even the guys who you'll, this year's 20th pick is going to be better than last year's 20th pick. I don't know who last year's 20th pick was, but <laughs> you've got more options available. You've got more skill players available. So I, I think there's definitely a higher caliber this year. And looking at what's coming ahead next year, there's definitely a higher caliber this year than next year as well. The slate on Clavon Chase on. Well, maybe. No, Clavon Chase on our life. Justin I mean, Jackson went at 22. He did well. well he, had a, he had a not bad season. I think he'll make himself an after-decent <laughs> pro one day. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though? There's, every year, there's guys who go in round three. You're looking at, how the hell did they go in round three? They're amazing. Um, and next, you know, in five years' time, I think we will look back at this draft and go, there was so much talent there. There's some high um, floors. You're right. There's absolutely some high floors in these yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, yeah. Round two, round three, you're going to get some very good players. Yeah. One one thing that would say, anyone who's not a massive into drafts and everything, pay attention to who you pick on day two because mm. they are going to be guys who are going to be mainstays in your teams. Normally on day two, sometimes you think, mm, I'm an R. I mean, we picked up Drew Locke in, year, uh, in day two a couple of years ago. Nailed it. particularly exciting. But, you know, Wasn't that kind of thing. Oh, even at the time, you didn't think? No, at the time it was, but then, yeah. then we saw him play. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm joking. <laughs> But we got Dalton Reisner. I mean, you pick up some really, really good, solid players on day two. And this year, there's the potential for the guys you pick up on day two to be special. So get excited about those guys. Let's crack through some news, shall we, Dave? So the Chiefs mm-hmm. have made their move for a left tackle early. Rather than waiting for pick 31, they've traded with the Baltimore Ravens for their unsettled tackle, Orlando Brown. The Chiefs gave up pick 31, a third and a fourth this year, and a fifth next year. And the Ravens send Kansas Orlando Brown a second round pick this year, and a sixth-round pick next year. Uh, the Chiefs had already made a move for left guard Joe Tooney from the Pats. They brought three-time pro bowler Carl Long out of retirement. They signed Austin Blythe as a potential replacement at centre. And they re-signed veteran Mike Remmers to return, ideally, as a swing tackle slash depth piece. Throwing the presence of Andrew Wiley, Martinez Rankin, Nick Allegretti, and 2020 opt-outs Duvernay Tardif and Lucas Nyang, and suddenly that weak line we saw in the Super Bowl ain't so weak anymore. Maybe. Maybe? I mean, Nyang... Niang, I like. Remmers, okay. You know, he's a guy who's going to come and fill in here and there. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is, is an offensive line we're potentially not going to be having 
um, any decent practice time this year. So you're potentially going into the season with an offensive line that's never played together before. And mm-hmm, the offensive mm-hmm. line is a unit. In the NFL, there's only two places you need to scheme as a position, a whole position piece. They're linebackers. Your linebacker core needs to be able to work together and your offensive line needs to be able to work together. True. If you're on if you're on your defensive line, for example, have a bunch of individuals, doesn't matter, makes no difference because they're all working on their own to a certain degree. You can have, you know, five guys who are self-employed having nothing to do with each other, getting to trying to get to the quarterback. That's fine. You can't have that on your linebackers and you cannot have that on your offensive line. And having four or five guys who've never even played together before, it's not a recipe for success. I'm not I'm not convinced by it. But they've got the best quarterback in the league. So it's going to be easier to have that than, you know, trying to protect some mug who no one cares about. And also, London Brown's only 24 years old, so they've got a lot younger at the position with the, the moves they've made, which obviously helps. Yeah, I mean, Brown's a good, a good left tackle. Would I... I mean, you've probably seen him more than I. Would you say he's top 10? Maybe. He's, he's getting he there. To be in... He's getting there. Can he progress to be in that? Potentially. Yeah, probably. So it's a, it's a good pick-up. They've seen a guy that they want. I mean, when we did our mock draft, we, we picked up a tackle for the Chiefs at 31. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Cosme. Yeah, so I think we were nailed on correct on that. But I mean, the Chiefs are doing what the Chiefs are doing. They they when there are holes, they fill them in free agency. They fill them in the draft. Uh, and they picked up a no second round pick in. where they could get a wide receiver now, or kind of a luxury pick. Now they've yeah probably covered off their offensive line, which was the massive yeah. problem in the Super Bowl. And, and I think it helps the uh, I think it helps the Ravens massively as well because they can sort of they're up against it when it comes to the draft, um, and you know they can uh, go out and pick pick uh, someone who's not going to be paying too much money for. Well, they've got two first round picks, but then they've got no second round picks. They've got two thirds, two fourths, two fifths, and a sixth. So, yeah, so I'm expecting them to trade down love. into the second with that that late first. It's usually when teams want to jump up just a little bit, so they might give up some early seconds. Do the Ravens? The thing is, I tend to look on track records. Do the Ravens normally trade? Because the Giants never trade up. The Giants never ever trade. The Giants stay exactly where they are, and they're steady eddies. I don't, it doesn't feel like the Ravens are a team to move around. They're not they one do. of those teams who typically shift around close to the, the start of the draw. Well, they haven't it got Ozzy now as the like GM that. anymore, so it, it's kind of a new guard at the, at, okay. for the GM uh, spot in, in Baltimore. But yeah, I think that's one of those positions. 31 is a prime position just to move down where some teams get desperate to still yeah. draft someone on day one before waiting for, for day two. And... Oh, I, I think I think the prime, the prime location is to move a top 10. Because everyone wants a top ten, mm-hmm. and um, so twenty nine to thirty two, so the last yeah. four picks. Because what will tend to happen? There'll be a run on a position. Players will slide. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who we all love will slide. I don't. I'm not giving a name, but you know, generally <laughs> there will be someone who's going to slide. We don't want to spoil it think, for everyone. What's, what's he still doing there? What's he still doing there? All of a sudden, bang, JC Horn ends up slipping and someone gets desperate in round two and gives you a second and a third, and all they've really done is move up five spots. But that happens at the end of day day two, uh, day one rather. So it it it's not a bad position to be in. Um, but what you don't want to do is basically be, be in a position where you've given up your starting left tackle for moving up. You know, how many places have they moved up really? Twenty eight. Well, it's not so much about that. It's that you've you've made your biggest rival for the the Super Bowl appearance stronger. You shouldn't you. You shouldn't really be looking to trade in conference. And they've done that. So they've made their, their trip to the Super Bowl harder. 
Not they ever win a playoff well, game, of course, but... I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> they, they've got to get to a championship game first before they yeah. start worried about the Chiefs. Let's not be... Let's, you know, let, uh, let's not go on that road. You know how it works out in the <laughs> AFC North, because it's so competitive, and you don't know where you're yeah. going to end up. I, th- I think the AFC North might just be the best division ever. in football now. Yeah, yeah. In, not ever. <laughs> um, it's, I think it's, it's the most competitive division. There's a lot of people who look and say the NFC West is the most competitive division. I think it's up there, um, but I think with the strength that the uh, Browns have, the Bengals are just going to continue to get better and better. Uh, they have to, um, with having Burrow and the likelihood is they're going to be picking up either a solid wide receiver or uh, a solid defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't get any worse compared to last season. The Ravens are very good. <laughs> Steelers are very good. I think it's potentially one of the best divisions in football. Um, so, yeah, giving away a starting left tackle is not a signal of intent in that division. Well, it certainly helps out the Chiefs. They, they keep getting away with it. They keep getting away with it. And they've covered themselves off now before draft night. So, well done to the Chiefs. Uh, let's talk about another team then that are talking about trading, and that's Atlanta. They're apparently open to t- taking calls on trade offers for Julio Jones. The cap issues for the Falcons apparently are forcing their hand. The problem for the Falcons is that they're not offering peak Julio. He missed seven games last year due to injury, but his receiving average has remained impressively consistent even since he entered the league. Of course, he will be 33 by the time the start of next season. And what can Atlanta expect from the guy they traded up for in 2011? What can they get? I mean, he's a Hall, he's a Hall of Fame talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you trade him for a, a 33-year-old wide receiver who probably doesn't have blistering speed anymore in a draft year where the depth is insane. Yep. I mean, the amount of depth in the past two years, it's the way it's going. It's just going to get better and better wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, kids coming in, going into college, they're not daft anymore. They don't want to be running backs. You don't want to be pounding the flesh constantly. You want to be a wide receiver or a tight end. Receivers are just getting better and better and better. So you're not going to be offering a first rounder for Julio Jones. I mean, you might have someone stupid who does, but you, no one's going to be paying a first rounder for Julio Jones. Therefore, you're saying, okay, second rounder, is that good enough for someone like Julio Jones? Because it's not just what he does on the field. There'll be a lot of what he does off the field. He's probably been a captain since mm. day one. Mm. And it feels, it, a second round doesn't feel enough. Um, I'm sure if they got offered a high second round, they'd accept it um, because of, as you say, the cap issues and things like that. It just feels like we're getting rid of Julio Jones because we're getting Kyle Pitts. That's what it feels like. Um there's a few Broncos insiders who are talking about the price that the Falcons are looking for in order to trade forth, and uh, they're too rich. And they're not too rich by a short amount. They're too rich by a long way. So every pick in the draft has a value equated to it. So first overall is 3,000. By the time you get down to a seventh round, they're like 12 points or something. So each yep. one has a pick, and the numbers don't add up. So... Basically, the, what the Falcons are asking for is equivalent to the Broncos giving up like the next three first-round picks, all of yeah. which are number one overall picks. <laughs> um, that's basically what they're asking for. And it just doesn't make any sense. So, so I think they price themselves out of down. that. I, I honestly yeah, don't yeah, think 100%. anyone's getting that Atlanta's fourth pick. I think they're picking up Kyle Pitts and they'll just be done with it. Yeah, unless someone... unless I mean, the only there are, there are people who could potentially... Uh, move up so the Cowboys could go we could get Kyle Pitts and just move up and you know I mean they've already said they're not looking to be aggressive in this draft yeah 
but then you know stranger things have happened let's let's not you know it's the cowboy <laughs> anything can happen um but I, I just think the falcons are, are doing what the falcons have done they're kind of playing that constant middle ground and they're not good enough defensively imagine being a team gym that's not good enough defensively and you're picking fourth overall and you pick up a tight end imagine <laughs> that if i was if i was to tell you that before the start of the season, you'd have laughed your ass off. But yeah, he's a special guy, in. though. So he is. I know, I know, I know. But it's you can see what I'm saying. It's not mm-hmm. really, it's not really too much of a uh, a hard sell to pick Kyle Pitts in you know fourth overall, even though he is a tight end or receiver or whatever you want to call him. But it just feels like the Falcons have so many more needs. You can't with Matt Ryan go in and score 45 points a game, but uh, with yeah. that defense, they could go and concede 45 a game. They've got they've got nine picks in this draft. They've got a first, second, third, fourth, three fifths, and two sixths at the moment. So you're you're right. When someone's going knocking on on Arthur Blank's door and saying, "Yeah, we'd like your fourth overall pick," he's got every right to mm-hmm. go. I want all your first rounders as long as you can give them to me, and some yeah. of your second rounders. And how about Julio Jones? Give me a, a second rounder for him or something. You know, he's they're in they're in the position where they can that. do that. He's got every right to do that, but other teams yeah. have got the right to go, no, you're crazy, walk away. Yeah. Which is what's happening at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think with, with, with the position the Lions are in, because the Lions don't have many picks, with the position the Lions are in, they're you know perfect fodder to move down. So mm-hmm. if anyone's targeting another, if you're targeting someone, the, the Bengals could move down, the Dolphins could move down, the Lions could, the Panthers could, any of them could. So... It's not as though they're in a sell. You know, it's not as though they're in a seller's market. This is a buyer's market. There's a lot of houses for sale there. You, you got your choice of which one you go for. Yeah, they've got some. They've got six and seven respectively. Uh, Detroit and and Carolina. I mean, we're going to talk about possible trades with me later on. But you said Lions had six and seven. Lions are seventh. Panthers are eight. No, six I mean how many picks Dolphin. they've got. Not no the the number of picks. Oh, okay. The Lions have got six the, picks, and the Panthers the, have got seven. The Dolphins. The Dolphins at five, uh, so Dolphins at six are the one that I can't get my head around. I don't know what they're doing because they 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 moved out for the 49ers and then moved back up into yeah. six. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. Are they going for another quarterback? Are they going for a wide receiver? If they're going for a wide receiver, you could have stayed where you were. It doesn't. I, I can't get my head around it. Well, they picked up extra. Pe- I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> what they said was, we can get our guy at six that we could have got a three. So they're banking on them. They don't, they don't want a quarterback. So the the player they want is going to slide down a couple of places. So they can yeah. still get the guy they probably want at six, whether it's maybe Carl Pitts drops or maybe Penacial drops, you know, to them. One of those players, or Jamar Chase, one of those players they've earmarked to go, we'll take one of those at six. So we want one of those players. One of them's bound to be there. So we'll take them then. We've still got pick 18, but they've accrued some more picks out of it. I think it's a, a great way of doing it. You don't You don't want to move too far down. If you're going to move out, of your position and you're that high up, you don't want to move too far down. You want to go out the, out the top 10 because they can still take more calls on draft night. If someone's desperate and Atlanta are asking for too much and Cincinnati needs their player, then the next person to call is Miami and Chris Greer. This, this draft is so deep on the offensive line and on receivers, which is, is. I'm assuming the two position groups that they want. Yeah. So why did they have to give up so much to move they moved out from three to 12 in yes. a trade with the 49ers. Then they moved from 12 with uh, to six with the Eagles, moved yeah. back up. 
Mm-hmm. If I mean, if it is a wide receiver, this is why I can't get my head around what they're doing. If it's a wide receiver or an offensive lineman, then there's no reason really why they couldn't have just continued sitting at twelve. Well, because they'll get the best player at that position group. There's got to be a guy they love. There's got to be a guy they absolutely love. But yeah, this is I can't I can't think that it's I can't think that it's an offensive lineman because there's a good chance that um, you know Penesial if Penesial is the guy. There's a good mm. chance he could go before them to the Bengals, or it could be Rashawn Slater, who also could go ahead of them to the Bengals. I, well, it's who, who the Bengals receiver, don't take, isn't it? It's who the Bengals then, don't take. But then, but then, why trade up to sit? Why trade up back to sit? Why not trade two fifth? I just, I don't know, because then you're still moving up to a position and thinking, Dave, don't worry about it, mate. It's, it's stewing your noodle. I can uh, see that. Just, just leave it. It is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's frustrating me because I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh. We'll go back to that in a little bit. We'll go back to trades in a little bit, okay? Because there are some teams that have the potential to move up. Uh, before that, though, I want to do a little bit of felony watch. Felony watch. Because, you know, Dave, it's that time of the year. Days are getting longer. It's getting warmer. You want to go out and enjoy yourself. You know, you've had your COVID injection. You want to see your yeah. friends. You want to you want to start a fight. You want to drive around yeah, without, yeah, gun, yeah, without a license for your gun. Yeah, you haven't got work. Uh, you you can do all your recreational stuff because there's no off-season drug yep. testing, so you can do everything you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, You're free. Stuff. You're free. Yeah. Uh, let's go long. through them then. We've got just a couple of stories here. So first of all, Steelers cornerback Justin Lane was arrested on suspicion of felony transportation of a firearm inside of a vehicle, according to jail records in Lake County, Ohio. He was also charged with two misdemeanors. One was driving with a suspended license and exceeding speed limits. Lane was booked just after 3 a.m. on Friday. Did you hear his excuse for the gun? It's the best excuse ever. Have you, have you heard the excuse? I'll, well, I'll let you do it, Dave. You forgot it was there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you forgot you had a, an unregistered gun in, that you don't have a permit for to carry in the center console of your car. Not a day goes by where I don't open up a, a cubbyhole and go... That's where I put my Glock. Of yeah. course. They've all got the an unregistered car, gun in the car. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, that's what you do. Police said they initially stopped Lane for driving at 89 miles an hour in a 60-mile-an-hour zone. Yeah. Deary me. Justin Lane I mean, was a third-round pick for us a couple of years ago. Uh, so what's what's the Steelers' reaction to it? It's the typical... To me, it's it, the in-house thing. You know, We're not going to um, air our dirty laundry like other organisations. I think it's not actually that big a deal, what's happened here. This is just stupidity more yeah. than anything else. So he'll get a rap what, on the knuckles. So what, what does it? What does it carry? Does it carry a prison sentence? Does it? Because if you get caught in this country, if you get caught in Britain with an unregistered firearm, I mean, you're going, you're going to prison. You're going to prison for about five or ten years. Mm. Um, that's just. I mean, all handguns are illegal anyway. You, you know, all handguns are illegal. Well, you can have a license. Can, no, not for handgun. Well, handgun, shotgun. Yeah, shotgun you can. Um, but yeah, if you're caught with an unregistered handgun in the centre console of your car, you are going straight to prison. In the US, it's probably not the case. You yeah. probably get like a week community service or something like that. Yeah, it's not that um, big a deal. Yeah, I don't think it's that big a deal. So he's probably not going to go to prison. But do you expect him to stay on your roster? Do or... That's up to him. I think that'll be up to him. Tomlin will sit him down and go, do you want to play for us or not? And if he says yes, and mm. he's going to use this as a sobering moment, then, fi- then fair enough. Uh, I'd like to keep him, but it's up to him. If he's going to be an idiot continually, then 
Yeah. Move on. Another think... part of that as well is um, Tomlin's obviously signed a new deal and he's now there for the next 15 years or whatever. It's <laughs> three years, Dave. Three years extension. Uh, be 15. It, it has made me rethink that if we did take a corner in round one, I wouldn't be as upset because there are some very decent corners in this draft. And so pick 24, we could get one of the premier ones. Um, someone like a Santley Samuel or uh, Eric Stokes. Yeah, because you picked up uh, Ronnie Perkins as he was... Um, edge rusher, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all the players I, I loved the have one gone. Position, the one position you guys don't need is an edge rusher. I'm not going to. That's lie. not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's the one position you don't need. That's you the, don't even you know. know Oh, I'm fully aware. Your edge attack is perfectly good enough. You don't need help there. Um, but, you know, it's, I'll, I'll buy to your superior. I've got to see Highsmith progress. Yeah, I like Highsmith, but he needs more. He needs to, to do more this season. You should watch the Broncos defense. There's a lot of talent there, but they all need to progress. Mm. <laughs> second one. An arrest warrant was issued for Alden Smith last Monday for an alleged second degree battery that occurred last week, Saturday. Smith allegedly choked a male victim unconscious during a confrontation that began inside of a coffee shop in Chalmette, Louisiana. Two days before the alleged incident, the Seahawks signed Alden to a one-year deal worth $1.127 million, guaranteed. The 31-year-old had resurrected his career with the Cowboys last year after missing more than four seasons because of an indefinite suspension by the NFL for multiple off-field incidents and violations of the league's substance abuse policy. Smith turned himself into authorities last Tuesday and could face a fine of up to $2,000 and slash or up to eight years in prison. So he come come out of NFL jail... Plays one season and then he does that. I don't I don't get it. Because Alden Smith's a decent player, you know. He was, yeah. He did First round pick. Um it's just stay indoors. That's all we need to do. <laughs> stay home. Who gets it? I do you know what, right? I grew up in a rough part of the country. Yeah. Not, not the... once not once did I see a fight in a coffee shop. I mean, that is <laughs> you didn't see a coffee shop level. Well no, we didn't. I mean, our, our coffee shop was normally a van that was parked up on the side of the road. Yeah, but <laughs> doing bovril. Yeah, it's it's it is ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Just all you've got to do is just keep your head down. You've got you got you know once you've finished your career, you got you got time for all this afterwards. Don't do it during your career. It's only limited time. You know, you, we've seen players like Joe Mixon, for example. Ever since you know what happened with him prior to the draft, since then he's you've not heard a thing out. That's all you no. need to do. Just keep your head down, play your game, and get on with it. Um, Feel like OJ. And I, I mean, Jesus Christ, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, old. If somebody, someone said to me, Olden Smith is the next OJ, I'd be like, next right. OJ. Well, he, he wishes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OJ kept his nose clean when he was playing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he made up for it afterwards, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Was, wasn't no, he did. He got. He did get. No, he did get found guilty of kidnapping, though. Although that was the most ridiculous thing. I know we're going off topic. We, he walked yeah, into a room and said, "Right, no, no one's going anywhere." And apparently, that was kidnapped. Yeah, he got sentenced to thirty years for it. So there you go. Mm. <laughs> anyway, that was that was felony yeah. watch. <laughs> Let's move away from Olden Smith, watch. the new OJ Simpson. There you go. So says Jim. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said he should be more like OJ, except you know, without the suspected I mean, murder. Okay, Olden Olden Smith worse than OJ. As <laughs> said by Jim, Olden Smith should aspire to be OJ Simpson. Good lord! Oh, cool. Who's uh, your lawyer? Where has this gone? Where has this conversation led, Dave? Stop it! All right, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on from Felony Watch. It's a dark place. Uh, yeah. 
let, let's talk about the draft a bit and then we can go uh, and then we can go and enjoy the draft. So mm-hmm. just a couple of quick questions there. I want to throw one at you. Who's going to win this draft? Um, well, I think the winner of the draft will be the team. When, when we're talking about winner, we're talking first round, we're talking second round, we're talking overall. I think what, what we're going to see, say the whole thing, the winner of, yeah, the winner of the the winner of this draft is going to be the people who trade the best, is what I'm going to say, um, and come out with their needs. I mean, if you're the Jets and say let's say the Jets trade, you know, five times and treble their amount of picks, but mm-hmm. all they do is address needs that they don't have, then they've not won the draft. You know? <laughs> no, um, technically you could say the Jags have because the Jags could come away with a franchise quarterback, which as far as I can, which as far as I'm concerned, they've never had. So they're addressing not only a need right now, they're, they're, they're addressing a franchise need ever, you know what I mean? Ever. So you could argue it's by definition, it's the Jags and we've not even started yet. Um, I think it's going to be the team who's going to potentially trade out of the top 10 um, and are going to use those additional picks, uh, especially in the first and second round to pick up guys who are going to instantly make them better. Um, I think what I'm definitely going to use, though, is looking at how many wins they got last year, or how many expect and how many I would expect them to get now, versus how many I would expect them to do to get after the draft. What's the difference between them? Um, and I think if I had to pin pin the tail, I think there's a very good chance it would be the Jets. To be honest, I think the Jets could be the team that win this. Um, because they've got two first-round picks and they can pick up a new quarterback um, if they pick up Justin Fields, who I think they should. Mm-hmm. don't think they will. Um, and they pick up, because we had them getting Elijah Burrow-Tucker, uh, who's a yep. guard to help protect him. So if you had him on the left side next to Mackay Beckton, yeah. um, brilliant, you know. Never have to worry about that side again. Makes, instantly makes them a better team. Pick up a wide receiver in the second round. Decent running back in the third round. I don't even know who their running back is. I literally can't remember. Um, uh, obviously, they get the... Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I can't remember. I know they had uh, Isaiah Crowell for a while. Um, yeah. I think that was that one. I'm going back some, I'm going back some time. Oh, but pick up, a, pick up a running back as well. And you could come away going, Jets are a much, much better team. At the same time, if, if they do go for Zach Wilson, who I'm a bit worried about because he's... It's only really had one year's worth of data behind him. And, mm-hmm. you know, that year they didn't play anyone who was half decent. Listen to our previous pod for that, pod before. Um, and then in the later round pick, they end up picking a cornerback that they don't need. Then you get looking at them going, well, the Jets haven't really done much. So, yeah, I, I think either it's going to be the Jets or the Dolphins are my tips to win it, but they have to make the right picks. Jets have currently got Tevin Coleman at the top of their depth chart. Jesus Christ. I mean, Tevin Coleman used to be good when he was at Atlanta. That was ever such a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Jets also had a great draft last year, didn't they? Um, now they're primed yeah. to get their franchise quarterback. They can nix the Niners and take fields at two. Plus, they've got eight other picks, including another in the first round, to really give Salah the opportunity for a great first season. So, new G- new head coach. It's a, a young GM. A uh, franchise quarterback guaranteed to come in and and they drafted well last year I, I think it's going to be difficult for the Jets not to have a good draft again this year I think they've 
Yeah, they've got the right the thing, yeah. things getting in place there. And yeah, you're right about the Jags. Uh, they've got five picks in the top 65, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if if the thing is that again with with Jags, they're picking 25th. Um, I think that's the uh, pick they got from the Rams. Yep. Um, for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Um, we had them picking up Travis Etienne, the running back, and. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, if you if they can get Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, they they played together, didn't they? They played together at Clemson. Clemson. Ooh, that's why, that's why nice I said thing. him. That's why I said for him to go. Yeah, there. that that'd be a nice little matchup then. Um, but they <laughs> you again, argued against it in our mock. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to honor. I was I was arguing against you, <laughs> um, but it's a nice little matchup. I think it instantly makes them a better team. Yeah, but they're the two teams you have to look at. Um, oh, sorry, they're they're another one of the teams that you have to look at in addition to. Uh, Dolphins and the Jags. The team I expect to lose. There's two teams who I expect to lose this. Um, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say the 49ers if they, <laughs> if the 49ers go and go and pick up Mac Jones, who we had going 15 to the Patriots. Yeah. Um, you have to wait and see, but I'm not gonna say that because that's the easy thing. Um, and I'm not convinced they're gonna pick him at three anyway. I think that's all nonsense and noise. I think the two teams who would potentially lose it are the Raiders, because the Raiders will do something random and end up picking someone who you just think, What the hell? And they've got form for it as well. Oh yeah. Um, they might take Julio Jones. For, <laughs> well, and they've got form for picking a guy who they shouldn't have and it not working out. If they had form for picking up like Damon Arnett and Damon Arnett was brilliant, you'd be like, All right, fair enough. But they yeah. haven't. They've got pay you know, they've picked up Damon Arnett and he's not very good. Cleveland Farrell. Uh, yeah, Clean Farrell's done all right. He's he's just not Fourth a first round pick. That's the problem. I know it was rough. When that happened, my jaw hit the floor. And I swear to God, it, <laughs> it took about an hour to come back up. But so I expect the Raiders to do something random because you know it's what they do. Um, yep. The team who I expect to lose the draft, though, more than anything, is is the Atlanta Falcons because I, I think that the biggest thing, this is what I said a second ago, right? It's what you expect them to be now before the draft. I expect them to be a five, six, 17 win. And what you expect them to be afterwards, which will be a five, six, 17 win because defensively they're not good enough and they're not going to address that picking fourth overall. So that's it. Okay. I can be we, convinced. If you could say there's enough talent later on in the draft, blah, 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 where they can afford to that, great. Well, you did say but that. you've got the opportunity. I have. and But it's when was the last time the Falcons came out of a draft and you think they they done really well? It doesn't, you know, I mean, I can't remember the last time you looked at the Falcons and you're going, God, they drafted well. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I mean, a couple of years ago, they, they I think they had a first and a second round pick and both of them were offensive linemen. One was oh, Chris yeah, Lindstrom, was I forget who the other they, the they, they did pick up Ridley second round. That was a good pickup. But I mean, when you're thinking about just one player and it was a, a wide receiver who was their second wide receiver, it's like, okay. Yeah. And he, you know, he was only ever in single man. He's only ever saw sing, seen single man coverage his entire career so far. Is he 28 now? Um, he's, he can't be that old, can he? I think he might be 28. <laughs> oh, blimey. Jesus Christ. Okay. I thought he would, I thought it's still like 23, 24. He's a, how long has he been in the league? A couple of years? Well, it's four years. Jesus. Okay. Surely, <laughs> surely the team that's going to lose this is is the the Seattle Seahawks. They've got three picks. Well, yeah, but that's the, the easy round, the fourth, and the seventh. Hey, you don't know what they're going to do with that. 
<laughs> but you could also make the argument, yes, they, you know, they, they've got the best safety in the league. So that first rounder it. was uh, was one well spent. Um, I'd rather have Justin Simmons because I'm biased. Um, you'd rather have Minka Fitzpatrick because yep. you're biased. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just kind of, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. I, I, I personally don't think you can judge a team who've only got three picks saying that it's hard. Them. Yeah. It's hard to win when you've only got three cards. It is. I mean, in the game of yeah. Rummy. <laughs> <laughs> Five card draw with two decks. No, yeah. yeah, it's not good. So I've got a team that I think might lose this draft. And that is, I'm sorry to say, the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought you were going to say the Broncos then. I think, Jesus Christ, we're going to have a fight. <laughs> I would never say that, Dave, to your face. No. Uh, so, yeah, the Eagles, they've already moved down from 6 to 12, which is a long way to fall when you need a lot of things mm-hmm. to improve your team. And although they've got the most picks, they've actually got the most picks in this draft. They've got 11 picks in this draft, all right? No team has as many picks. So I mean, it's a bit out on a limb to say that they're not going to be better after this, but... I don't trust Harry Roseman to pick the players that are actually going to sort this team out. That's why it's a yeah. level of, of distrust in the, in the ownership at the Eagles, uh, in Jeff Laurie and Harry Roseman, that they're going to mess up these picks. They're going to misdraft. They're going to overdraft players that shouldn't be you know, taken where they're, they're taken. And yeah, I don't trust them later on in the draft. They've got three picks in the sixth round, two in the seventh. So... You know, I I don't, yeah, I, I don't trust their depth um, scouting, basically. But see, that's the thing. They've got a lot of picks, but a lot of them are late. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're picking 12, 37, 70, 85, 124. They're the only ones they've got in the top 150. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they've got a lot of picks, but they don't really count. Um, as I mentioned earlier, each... Uh, draft pick has assigned a value and in terms of actual currency the Jags have obviously got the most because they're picking first overall in every round Um, you get down to seventh and it's Detroit now Detroit have only got six picks but in terms of actual currency value they've got more than the Eagles the Eagles are down in ninth Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in terms of currency value so yes they've got a lot of picks but it's all down the back end where your hit rate is like what's the hit rate in in the first round you're looking you're looking, I'd say, a 75% hit rate is probably going to end up being a successful NFL player. I'm not One saying great, three, maybe. but a, success, yeah, a successful NFL player, I would say, let's let's settle up between it and 70%, okay? Yeah, okay. 70% of the time, you're going to be, you're going to get a successful player, unless you're drafting Isaiah Wilson on your offensive line. In that case, it's 0%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the second round, you're probably, it's, you're looking between 50 and 60%. Some oh, of yeah, you guys are going to pick up... Yeah, some of you guys are going to pick up. Some of them are going to be okay squad players that are going to float around here and there. You're going to get other guys who are going to be stellar. By the time you get down to round six, I'd say you're looking at 15%, mm. 15%, 20% maybe. Mm. So the fact you've got three in the sixth round doesn't mean anything. You know, it's, it's just like, well, we're picking up guys who might turn out to be okay. Yeah. And let's not forget, a couple of years ago, the Eagles, and this is this is one of the all-time misses. And I'm sorry, I keep going back to it. I'm, I apologize to any Eagles fan I do. <laughs> they said they they took a look. They they you know sat there looking at their big board and said, JJ Sega Whiteside, yes, let's go for him. And when there mm. were so many other wide receivers on the board who were significantly better. The obvious one is uh, who Seattle ended up taking. Um, bloody DK Metcalf. 
DK Metcalf. That was it. So I was, I was saying that DK Metcalf would go in round one. He ended up slipping to round two. They looked at JJ Ortega Whiteside and picked him ahead of DK Metcalf. I don't get it. Now, you know, the GM who picked him is still there. It's, it's that same person who's still doing those decisions. And it's it's that kind of thing that makes you think, all right, I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily sure that they're going to be, uh, I'm not necessarily sure that they're going to be making any different decisions to what they've done previously. Yeah. <laughs> so those, so that's the team, the teams that we don't think are going to do very well. Just a part of that is just history. You know, mm. you haven't got the, uh, the, the benefit of the doubt, unfortunately, that you might have had before. Can I just, I've got a genuine question for you. What's your feeling on the 49ers? Because the 49ers at the moment, every man and his dog is saying that they're taking Mac Jones. Now, and this has been reported by everyone. What, what's your what's your feeling on that? What, then you also you get them saying that they're, they're looking at Lance and they're looking at Fields, you know. And then you well, get Carl Shanahan saying that I like all five of them, that kind of thing. So... There's a lot of but it's being reported misinformation heavily, going around. Heavily that they like Mac Jones. Yeah. And how many mock drafts are we seeing where they are taking Mac Jones? For every for every one that they're not taking Mac Jones, there's five that are saying that they are. Yeah, there's something obviously is going on here where <laughs> someone's being briefed that it's Mac Jones. Mm. And whether that's just one scout inside the San Francisco uh, draft room that's pushing this, I don't know. I think what you've got to do is I have been a massive fan of John Lynch as a GM for the San Francisco 49ers. We know from when he first came in 2017 and what did he do? He pulled down Ryan Pace's pants for Mitch Trubisky. Okay. He didn't hit on Solomon Thomas, but Solomon Thomas was expected to be the second overall pick. Um, Had a great draft. 2018, he got Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Uh, Fred Warner, Dante Pettis, DJ Reed. 2019, he smashes it again with Nick Bosa. Debo Samuels, a great pickup in round two. Jalen Hurd, Mitch Wisnowski in round four. Dre Greenlaw. And then 2020, Javon Kinlaw with a 14th overall pick. Defensive tackle, he's good. Brandon Ayuk, another good wide receiver. He's had a great time so far as a GM in terms of picking up quality players no matter where he's picking uh that was that so Javon Kinney was 14th Brandon Oak was 25th uh so I have a lot of faith in John Lynch to actually get this right I can't believe that they will take Mac Jones I, yeah. I until I until he actually calls it I will not believe that they're taking Mac Jones I can, oh, no, I, mean, I think they really wanted Fields and they probably thought that if, the Jets are going for Zach Wilson which they still might do yeah. Uh, and they thought, well, okay, if we can get up to third, if we can deal with Miami, which they did, then we've either got Fields or Lance waiting for us, and we'll push this Mac Jones stuff as a smoke screen to try and get other people to, or to I try mean, and you... not let the Jets know that we want one of the others guys, one of the other guys. So, I mean, you mentioned that you're not going to be sure of it until you see him picked. I mean, no. if they draft him and he plays ten games, I'll still be like, I'm still not sure they're going for. I'm not sure they're going for Mac Jones. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I still won't believe it. Yeah. The thing is, right? When you mentioned all of those, it's not a massive upgrade on Jimmy G. You mentioned we, we've, all we've of already those... seen the ceiling of, of Mac Jones. Yeah, but you mentioned all of those moves that they did. They also traded for um, the heir apparent in 
in uh, Boston taking Jimmy Garoppolo for a second round pick. They also traded for Trent Williams, who was holding out yep. in Washington and yep. it was potentially one of the best left tackles in the game. Yep. Uh, they've drafted another, they've also traded for a number of people in free agency as well, like Richard Sherman, for example, lots of them. How much have we heard in the media before those deals have happened? Zero, like zero. Mm. Now, all of a sudden they're moved, they've moved up to three and things are appearing in the media. It feels too, it feels too neat. Do you know what I mean? I think what they're probably doing is saying, okay, we're, yeah, we're picking up this guy in third. It's what the government do all the time. The government will come up with a policy, release it to the public, or leak to it the to press. the press. Yeah. Yeah. See what reaction is. Mm-hmm. And if people don't like it, they'll come out and go, well, we're never going to do that. It was just press rumors. What are you talking about? And if people yeah. love it, they go, right, we'll press ahead with that one then. True, and that might true. be what it is. So everything, everyone came out saying, we're going to be picking Mac Jones. And all of a sudden, a week before the draft, oh, we were blown away by Trey Lance's uh, Trey Lance's pro day. Oh, we were blown <laughs> away by it. I'm sorry, no one's ever been blown away and drafted someone because of their pro day. Pro days mean nothing, <laughs> literally nothing. Um, so I'm not buying all of this whatsoever. I think they've got a guy in mind, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's Kyle Pitts because apparently Kyle Pitts um, actually phoned <laughs> he phoned his agent and said, "Of the 49ers traded up to get me." So mm. that's what Cal Pitts thinks of himself, which fair play. You know, the guy's got fair an fair ego. Fair. Fantastic. Well done. But would it shock me if they imagine having Kittle one side and Pitts the other side? <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, that would be scary good, right? You you don't trade up and give up two no, know, future first know, round picks, no matter how good Cal Pitts is uh, for Cal Pitts. It's a, it's a quarterback and all they care about now is what the Jets do it to. If Jets do just do the sensible thing and take Justin Fields, then I think that the 49ers fall back on Trey Lance. Do you realize what you've just said? What's that? If the Jets do the sensible thing, <laughs> I know. We both know that. But like, yeah, happen. but I also said earlier, Dave, that they've got a new GM in there in Joe Douglas. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a brand new, brand new day in New York. I think that the Jets are, <laughs> are under better stewardship. Yeah, I think mean, it's a funny one because. They're picking up Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's set up to fail in New Jersey. He really yeah. is because he's his defensive line's not all that good. Depending on what what they do with their uh, later first round pick, obviously. Yeah, it should be. He's thrown at no one. Yeah, he's thrown at no one. He's got no run game at the moment. So <laughs> they've got some players there, and they'll, they'll address it later yeah, on. Yeah, they have to. That's the problem. And even if they do address it later on. They're then going into the season with a bunch of rookies who've not had any NFL experience in a division where they're coming up against defensive masters. You know, it's it's not an ideal position to be in if you're Zach Wilson. Uh, but the 49ers are certainly hoping that that you know that they do pick up uh, that they do pick up Zach Wilson without any shadow. If they pick up Zach Wilson, I think they're going for Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is the second best consensus, in my opinion, quarterback in this yes. draft. I agree. He's got the big, the best body of work. You want someone who's got more than one year's worth of production there. I don't get the negativity on fields at all. It's, I, no. I really don't understand it. People say he can only... First of all, he doesn't lose. He wins games and he does it having the worst team. The one thing and the knock that we have on Mac Jones is that he plays for Alabama, who are an NFL team, playing against uh, you know, non-NFL teams who are just not as good. Yeah. It's like being the top scorer in Scotland. It doesn't mean mm. anything. 
you know, you, you then you then come down to play in the Premier League and you end up playing for Scunthorpe three years later. That's just the way it goes, <laughs> you know. Henrik um, Larsson. Yeah, well, Henrik Larsson went to Barcelona and then Man United, so probably yeah, we not, that, that shows your... Uh, yeah, he didn't stay very long, though, did he? Anyway. He, he, went, he went to Barcelona and then Manchester United, so he did all right. Let, you know, let's, May not have been on, think on more the Gary, side. Think like. more Gary Hooper. Think Gary Hooper. Um, all right. <laughs> who now has played in, in Australia, Australian Premier League, I believe. But either way, it just feels like... It just feels like if the 49ers are going to go for someone, it should be Justin Fields. But if they go Trey Lance, then they go Trey Lance. You know, it is what it is. The only it gives thing them I don't that year have, with the Jimmy thing... G then just to kind of ease Trey Lance in because Trey Lance shouldn't be starting yeah. week one. It gives them the perfect opportunity to sit Lance for a year and then move off Jimmy G and move in Trey Lance. But then the other part of it is that Kyle Shanahan has never had a quarterback like Trey Lance, ever. All his quarterbacks are like Mac Jones. They're not. Robert Griffin the third was not like that. He was a mobile quarterback. Alex Smith likes okay. running for first. He had RG, he had he had RG three for one season. Yeah, really, and they ruined him. Died. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but don't say he didn't have him because he, he did Alex have Smith. him for a season. Alex... They played and he got rookie of the year. Dave, he got rookie of the yeah, year that one year. year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the, you know completely he got rookie of the year. Big deal. Mm. You know what did you do Pretty after big that? Big deal. He got, got what did you do after the, that? In the playoff game. Exactly. It's if I don't see he's at, he had uh, he had RG three and you said he had Alex Smith. Alex mm-hmm. Smith wasn't a scrambler. He was a guy he who was. could scramble five yards to get a first down. He was quicker than you thought he was. Before his injury, he would he would like to use his legs. <laughs> yeah. He did. He I'm did. not having it. I'm I saw him live it. do it. He he picked up about a hundred yards when he played at Wembley. When he played for the Chiefs. Anyway, we talked about yeah, Zach Wilson like, like not having a great yards, position. Six feet vertical. We talked about um, Zach Wilson and, and being destined to fail if he does go to New York. I think that's a little bit harsh, but Zach Wilson is one of the biggest unknowns. I think another player that um, could be great, but a lot of some of these players, it really just depends on where they go. And I'm worried that Penny Seal will get taken by the Bengals because I don't trust the Bengals to sort him out and and teach him what yeah. he needs to be one of the best tackles in the game. Well, so at Zach Wilson, left guard, he needs proper coaching. And I, I worry about that in Cincinnati. Well, Zach Taylor, who's the head coach for uh, the Bengals. Yep. Um, he was a quarterback coach. He was Jared Goff's quarterback coach in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is obviously a worry. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's not a guy who, is a positional coach with huge bodies of work behind him. Um, maybe the staff are in Cincinnati. Maybe I'm doing him some kind of rough justice, but I worry for Panacea's career going there because it feels like he's he's probably not going to benefit hugely. Same goes for Rashawn Slater as well. If Slater's picked up and goes to the Bengals, because Slater's very, very good. He's a guy who's you know shown consistent improvement year on year and the fact that he can play across all the way across the line he can probably even play him at center as well, if I'm well it's, it's why we drafted him to it's why we drafted slater to the bengals in our mock draft because slater yeah. doesn't need that training up that penny Sewell does he's already yeah. good enough that you could slot him in he doesn't need the the help that penny Sewell is going to need because penny Sewell is like 19 he's still so young you're, you're drafting potential you're drafting an athletic freak who needs mm-hmm. help to, to fulfill that potential. Uh, so that's why I'm worried for Panay He could be one of the, the best in the league. I would love him to, to get there. 
I don't think Cincinnati is the place that can do that for him. So I do worry about that. I also worry about whoever gets picked up by the Lions. <laughs> Any position doesn't matter. Any position, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, we had we had Zach Wilson falling to them at seven. Mm. Uh, we didn't do any trades in our mock draft. No. But yeah, I I just worry slightly about anyone that's got to have Dan Campbell as their head coach because you it's know what? not a I, situation to go into. Anyone who listens to this pod knows I'm fond of the Lions. You are. But as a I'm mess. fond of the Lions. Yeah, but I've, I've been fond of them because of Matt Stafford. I like their story of being the provincial losers, but never being the worst. They're always kind of the, one of the teams who are down near the bottom, but they're never terrible. They're always a team. Well, the first, like, first team 0-16. Well, that was a long time. I mean, that was 2006, I think. I mean, in recent, in the past 10 years, they've never been the worst worst. They've always been, right. you know, they've always been okay. Since getting Matt Stafford, they've always been okay. I think. And there's all they've always been a team who will pop out and get a few wins. Like a couple of years ago, they beat uh, they beat the red hot Bills, and everyone was sort of like, "Whoa, what happened there?" And I think that they did the same with they beat the Vikings as well. They murdered the Vikings. The Vikings scored six, and I think Lions got like forty or something like that. And it was just completely blew everyone's accumulator. So the Lions have got that in them, but they've lost so much talent this summer, so much talent. And Dan Campbell's come in. And if if anyone's listened to this and they don't know anything about Dan Campbell, he doesn't feel like a head coach. He feels like a WWE wrestler who just wants to shout. <laughs> I've heard nothing that's convinced me as to why the hell they've hired him. And my ever-wavering, well, my ever-strong support for the Lions and people saying, and I'm always saying to people, the Lions aren't that bad. They're all right. They just need a few steps in the right direction. It feels what they've done is just taken a huge step backwards. Um and I, I think you're right. I think it could be a complete hot mess for anyone. Imagine being a rookie quarterback and going there. I mean, it's worrying. It's really, really worrying. It really is. Um, let's go back to talk about possible trades then, Dave. Everyone's talking about Atlanta. I think they won't move out from pick four because they've got so many picks, uh, because they've they're asking for too much. But I had a look at what teams could move up what teams could and there are four that I've identified that are desperate enough for a quarterback that they might do something silly uh, the first one's the Saints I mean they've traded the future first round picks before in 2018 they did it for Marcus Davenport but that didn't really play out mm. but they haven't got a, they haven't really got a quarterback now if they're going to go to see them with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill they're one of the teams that could give it all up uh, to move into the top top five uh, then you've got the Bears. Obviously, Ryan Pace is desperate enough to do anything. They moved up in, in the first round of the 2017 draft, which we'll know about. They also gave up their first round picks in 2019 and 2020 for Khalil Mack. Let's not forget. So they're used mm-hmm. to giving up first round picks. The Steelers, they've traded the first round picks for, De- uh, for Dion Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick in the last two, last two years. So there's three teams that need quarterbacks that could move up and have moved up in the past in the last few years. The other one's the Patriots that everyone keeps talking about. The Patriots had two picks in 2018 and used them on a tackle and on a running back in the first round. In 2019, they took Nikhil Harry. In 2020, they traded out of the first with the Chargers. So, yeah, the Patriots might have 10 picks this year, but the Patriots have proven they're awful at drafting talent. Truly awful True. at drafting. It's why they spent Scrooge McDuck money this offseason. 
and all those players they picked up. We kind of <laughs> it seems like ages ago now, but they did. They absolutely splurged. Yeah. I mean, we'll go down through the list, shall we? Matthew Judon, fifty-four and a half million. John U. Smith, fifty million. Hunter Henry, thirty-seven and a half million. Jalen Mills, safety, twenty-four million. Nelson Aguilar, twenty-two million. David Andrews, they re-signed at centre for nineteen million. Davon Godshow, defensive tackle from Miami, they got fifteen million. Carvan Noy, they got back at linebacker for twelve million. Lawrence Guy, they re-signed at defensive tackle for eleven and a half. And Henry Anderson at defensive end, they got for seven million. That's, a, that's I think, so much okay, money. To, to address your points, I think I'm going to lump the Steelers and the Saints in together. Okay. okay. Now I don't think they'll. Are we talking about going up to four? Are we talking trading with the Falcons? No, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm talking, I'm talking about just players that could do it. Okay. Team, teams that could go up into the top 10. Okay. You've got a history of I doing don't it. Think, I don't think the Steelers and the Saints will. Now, the only reason being is if I'm, if you're the buyer, you're the Saints or the Steelers, and you're coming up to me saying, I will offer you first round pit, uh, picks, history tells me that the Steelers and the Saints are going to be low first rounders. Yeah. If the Steelers say, I'll give you a first round pick, I'm not interested because <laughs> chances are I'm going to be picking 24, which is what you are this year. I'm not interested in that. So it didn't mean anything. Me picking up 24 next year, I'm not giving you a first round pick. I'm not giving you a top 10 pick for that on your bike. It's too it wouldn't rich. Just be that. It wouldn't just be that. No, but. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is if you offer me two first round picks, I'd rather have one first round pick next year from the Lions than two first round picks for the next two years from the Steelers because it's going to be a top 10 pick. It might be first overall next year. You see what I'm saying, though? (laughs) The value is not there for both the Steelers and the Saints. Done. Sure, sure. I understand. Beers. The Bears, I don't. The Bears have now got two quarterbacks. They're paying a lot of money for. That's a crowded quarterback room with Foles and um, Ginger Nuts. Andy I don't think they're going to be. Yeah, Andy Dar, I forgot his name. <laughs> I don't think they're necessarily then going to go out and draft another quarterback. It just feels. Why would you do? I mean, this is Ryan Pace. Anything can happen. His last season. Yeah, and he's the thing. This is the thing as well. I mean, this is one of the reasons you can't be counted out. He's never going to be a. a uh, a GM again. He'll still no. be in the league. He'll still be still be an NFL guy. You know, I don't know what he'll do, but he won't be a GM. He might be an assistant GM somewhere, or something like that, or director of player personnel, or something. Yeah, but and you fail up. You know, yeah, he won't. He won't be a GM again. So he might as well roll the dice and go for it big time. Um, it just feels like going from twenty all the way up into the top ten. I don't think there's any going to be any team that's going to give that up. And what owner, when you've got a GM who's in his last year, is going to sanction that kind of move? Doesn't feel... I think he's going to be hamstrung by the owner going, what do you think you're doing? Sit back down, you idiot. You're not doing that. It might not be Atlanta um, at four. It could be the Lions at seven. It could be the, the Panthers at eight. Because they've now got I don't think, Donald, they I don't might think be willing to move down. I don't think they'd be that daft to draft down to 20 because you'd have to give up first round picks. And I don't think the Bears owner would let uh, Ryan Pace do that because he's essentially trading another GM's picks. Do you know what I mean? He's trading someone else's picks when they come in next year. So I think the owner would just say no. So I don't think the Bears would or have the opportunity to do that. Patriots is an interesting one. Patriots historically do not trade up into the top 10 ever. No. Like, as far as I can remember. The trade but down. they have the capital to do it. They have the capital to do it and they have the need to do it, which is mm-hmm. interesting. But the Patriots historically don't normally go mad in free agency, but guess what? You just yeah. read them out. They did that this time. So maybe we're seeing something completely different this time. I don't know. Um, it just feels like if anyone's going to move up, 
it's gonna be it's probably gonna be the Patriots. I think the Chargers are are a definite chance and candidate to move up. Uh, if someone like Slater or Sewell ends up dropping a little bit, maybe mm. dropping to eighth, ninth, tenth, something like that. Um, the Broncos obviously won't won't trade with the Chargers. I mean that goes without saying. Yeah. Um, but I think the Chargers could be a candidate to move up um, to go and get that offensive line help, or even trade up someone like Patrick Sertain because at cornerback they are toss. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I think the other the other candidate really to trade up is I think the Cardinals. So I think the Cardinals really need a cornerback to replace Patrick Peterson. Need a leader as well, um, and seeing them giving away a few picks. I think they're they're all right in terms of the number of picks that they've got. They've only got being six. able to just trade up and go. They've got a first and a second round pick. They've got nothing in round three or four. They've then got a fifth rounder, a sixth rounder, and two sevenths. So they ain't got a lot this year. Not enough, so they'll be giving up something next year. Okay, then. So, chances are they won't be the Cardinals. To move up from 16 for a luxury pick on a cornerback, I, I can't see them the moving other, it, unfortunately, Dave. The other, the other is, obviously, the Dolphins. The Dolphins have got quite a few picks. They've got picks <laughs> well, you can play they moved well. up from 12 to 6. No, no, no I'm, talking about their, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about their 18th pick. So, they're picking 18th overall. <laughs> they, they could move up, maybe not into the top 10, but they could easily yeah, yeah. move up. You know, they, we, we've yeah. got a bit more currency. We want to move around again. Um, you know, who knows? Um, in the past couple of years, though, I've said just before the draft, around about this point, I didn't think there'd be many many dra- uh, trades on draft night. No. Um, you incorrectly, and this isn't me having a pop, but you did say that you thought there would be. Yeah. Um, and it turned out there were almost none. I think the, the first 12 went without a draft, without a trade um, the year That's before right, last. Yeah. I think that was the Broncos and Steelers trading at that point. And last year, I didn't, I didn't think there was anything until about 15 or something. No, 13. Like that. The, the Bucks were at one place to uh, take Tristan yeah. Wirfs. Um, he did all right. He got a ring, didn't he? Um, so yeah, I think I this year there could be quite a few, quite a few trades. I mean, there already has been. I think I think there could be a few more. Um, it the, just the feels reason for me like thinking there were going to be lots of trades last year was because there should have been because there were teams that needed to move up to get to get players and they didn't. So yeah, but I think everyone year. was happy. Everyone was happy just where they were, and everyone was picking mm. up. Um, to play. it just didn't feel like last year there were going to be any trades. This year, it feels like there should be. I don't think there'll be many. I think there'll probably be two in the top 20 maximum. I'm once bitten twice shy be... on this, so I don't think there's going to be many yeah. moves in this, uh, but this draft either. I think they'll... I'm going to go for two two trades on draft night, from, well, from now until the end of the first round or until the end until the 20th pick. I think there'll be two trades and I think there'll be blockbuster trades. I think one of them will Ooh. be like, as you say, like the Patriots moving up to seven. Or something like that. Mm. No, I think that's the kind of thing that will happen. Then there'll be two. I think there'll be a team moving up into the top twenty. Oh yeah, I think yeah. Someone's going to get get itchy. Yeah, but from <laughs> one to twenty, I think there'll be two trades. Like I said, I, I wouldn't mind if the Steelers went up and got Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Other than that, I don't want them moving up. <laughs> I'm gonna have to just sit happening. there and take it. That's you never happening. know, Dave. That's my like ideal <laughs> scenario. But for anyone, for anyone to trade with the Steelers, what you're accepting, you have to trade this year's currency because it's a known. Next year, if you say we'll give you a first, that doesn't mean anything. It could end up being thirty-two. What, what is your? Thirty-two, is it? 
No, I wish it was. But what is your first rounder worth? Nothing. It's literally, it's not worth any, it's not a first rounder. It's basically a second rounder because you're normally picking 24, 25, 26, somewhere like that. It's not worth a first rounder. It's all it's currency. It's all currency. It is. But when you're talking about actual currency and values, uh, if you're picking 24, that's closer in terms of value to middle of the second round than it is to middle of the first round. In terms of actual value of picks, mm. the drop-off from the top of the first round is extreme. There's no way you're getting into the top or close to the top 10 where you're going to need to be to pick up one of those quarterbacks unless one of them drops. Even if Trey Lance drops to 17 or 18, which could happen, I don't think it will, but it could happen, then all of a sudden you can make a play and I'd be like, whoa, this is like huge news um but yeah i think it's just one of those things i think we have to wait and see what happens on on no draft night so no matter what happens dave no matter where i am you're always there to piss on my chips and I well thank i'm you just for speculating that. yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah, speculating. yeah. <laughs> the thing is would you trade would you trade with um the packers because the Packers are always in the late 20s. No, why would you? You're not trading with the Packers because, like, next year, what am I getting? I'm going to 20, 29th overall pick. No, thanks. I'm all right. Hmm. Would I trade with the Lions? Hell yeah, I'll trade with the Lions. Because, <laughs> you know, next year. So why, did, why did everyone want to trade with the Texans? Because you knew what you were getting with the Texans. You were going to well, be trading low. Well, Miami traded with the, the Packers last year for Jordan Love, didn't they? Yeah, and they got. Uh, so they traded last year with the Texans. It wasn't uh, Miami did. No, and they ended up getting the third overall pick. No, I was talking. Yeah, I was talking about the, the 26th pick. They traded with the Packers. You say no one trades with the Packers. They, they did, but that wasn't that far up. Yeah, but that was on draft night as well. It was on draft night. You're right. Mm. <laughs> and they got <laughs> and they got picks. They got picks for that night as well as the following night as well. So they did. They did. Dave, yeah, I no think way. we have to leave enough, it there. Enough of draft values. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just so looking forward to draft night now. This is like the season finale of everything coming up. Mm. We've been talking about it for months. The thing is, though, when when your team does draft very well, you just end up looking forward to the season even more. Yeah, that's um, true. That's the thing. If if you, I mean, if you're, I wish I was more like punk. If you're a Seahawks fan. It doesn't make no difference. You know, you're not <laughs> even putting it in the calendar. It's like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, just carry just on regardless. Thursday. You might as well not happen. <laughs> Can you imagine going into a draft, though, where the Steelers only have a second, a sixth, and a seventh? Not even That's got to dampen your excitement. You wouldn't even bother. You're just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not interested. <laughs> this, year, this year, the draft's not happening. Yeah, I wanted I to the, ask um, Seattle Dave about that, but then yeah, I, I was like, well, there's no point in me even asking him because he's not going to care. He's not going to stay up on Thursday. He's not going to do anything. <laughs> Seahawks have only got three, um, and Indianapolis have only got Indianapolis have got six, but a lot of them are quite high. Um, the team that's Chiefs have got six, Colts of six, Lions and Cardinals six. Yeah, so the team that's thirty first in terms of strength is Houston. Houston don't have a first pick. Their first overall is in sixty seventh. They've only got one pick in the top one hundred. Yeah, there's a yeah, third round them. pick is their first one. Yeah, so that's Bill O'Brien's legacy. So in terms of actual strength, um in terms of value points, so the Jacksonville have got five thousand I've round them up, five thousand two hundred. Um, if we go down to 10th place, so Dallas of 2,200. If you go all the way down, so Seattle have got 384. That's their value. 384. <laughs> and uh, Houston's only 420. There's only four teams below 1,000 points. 
Um, the Super Bowl winners are 28th in terms of their value. What is it like? There's four teams with two picks in the first round, right? Now that yeah. Baltimore have got two. Yeah, Baltimore is an interesting one because they've got two first rounders, um, but they're not a lot after that in terms of um, actual strength. Yeah, there's so nothing in the second. They've got two thirds, two fourths, two fifths. Yeah, they're behind teams like Minnesota, for example. Minnesota have got a lot of picks, but a lot of them, are, I think they've got... Yeah, 10, I think. They've got two, four, six. They've got eight in the top 158. So yeah, got seven in the top 150. So, you know, that is... They've got very, very good draft capital. So if we're looking at a team who might want to trade up, you've got the Vikings at 14 who might want to. I mean, if they all of a sudden think, okay, we like Trey Lance, let's us move up to seventh uh, or move up to sixth or wherever he's landing. They've got the capital to be able to do that. They could just go, here's loads of picks. Uh, we'll give you Kirk Cousins as well. Why not? Get him out of there. Um, <laughs> Take his contract, please. Yeah, get please. rid of him. Get rid please. of him. So... Um, yeah, the, the Minnesota Vikings are a team. Not many, not any, not everyone's talking around, but they've got the capacity to be able to move up. They don't draft well, Dave. Oh, I know. They draft terribly apart from last year. Yeah. But generally, they're, they're not great drafters. Well, we're going to find out very shortly what's happening. And then once it's all done, we'll come back and do a, a, a round table review of the draft. Obviously, as you said, you're hidden to the beach. Mm-hmm. So there's no chance of getting a, an instant reaction on Friday. Like we're traditionally uh, do. We're no, where we're going. I mean, I'm not. I'm not even sure they have 4G yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh well, there you go. But yeah, once it's done, it'll probably be uh, early next week, guys. We'll get another a big podcast out, going through all the picks, going through who won and who lost, uh, as far as we're aware, before anyone's actually played a snap in the NFL, and, uh, yeah. and then we can have a proper break for the summer. So yeah, yeah. And then what we can do after that is my favorite part of the year where we go through and say who we think is going to do what in terms of record, um, because then we can <laughs> sort of throw back to that at the end of the following season. Last year, you were yeah. really, really strong in the AFC. NFC, you sucked. NFC um, sucked in general, though. It wasn't my fault. I'm not going to argue. Well, it wasn't your fault. You got them all wrong. I think it was. <laughs> it's not the sucked. NFL's fault. <laughs> don't worry i'll be recalibrating that but uh yeah, yeah we'll, i'll be i'll be standing up on thursday night so um jim and the at jim and the king on twitter will be tweeting out every single pick giving out reactions on that and at denver dave 30 don't tweet him on draft night unless you're really I mean, you horrible. can i'll just ignore you yeah he says he'll ignore you but me, he'll be waking up at two in the morning checking out what's happening at nine he'll be like what do we pick what do we pick I've got to drive. I've got to drive. I've got to drive like four and a half hours. I can't I can't stay up. I've contemplated it and done the logistics. It's just not feasible. At punk underscore raiders to give him utter grief when they mess up their 17th overall pick. Please. At punk underscore raider. Do it, do it, do it. And at Cy underscore Philly, I believe. So when we see what the Eagles end up doing with their pick, wherever they might finally end up picking, uh, make sure you hit them up on Twitter. Uh, jimtheking.com to check out our stuff on there but guys until this draft is over i've been jim that's been never david thank you so much for listening 